0: And welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Kelsey Sizer. I'm a senior editor at Light Reading, and I am joined by the one and only Phil Harvey, who is on site at the Open RAND North America event in Frisco, Texas. Hey, Phil.
1: Hey there. How's it
0: going? Good. How's Frisco?
1: Oh, you know, it's suburban North Texas, and uh, which means it's, uh, yeah, it's Okay. <laughs>
0: Sounds delightful.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the old, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. But, uh, but, uh, but no, we're at the, uh, uh, at the event. The event is fine. Um, uh, there's been a pretty good group here. Um, and a, uh, pretty much every North American, major North American operator is represented, uh, both on stage and in the audience. Um, all, the, all the big equipment vendors are here as well. And uh, yeah, so there's been a lot of discussion about you know uh, Open RAN's viability and its uh, vitality in the market, and um, how the carriers are sort of deciding, uh, you know, to embrace it, you know, each in their own special way, I guess.
0: Was there a lot of buzz this week about the um, AT and T and Ericsson deal?
1: Oh, boy, was there. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, the, so the, the deal with AT&T and Ericsson was really kind of, um, which happened right before the event um, started, was was interesting because, you know, all of the equipment vendors that are part of the Open RAN community and that have been working hard to make Open RAN compatible products are all touting the same party line. And that party line is, hey, this is great for Open RAN because it means that this is a major equipment vendor or a major carrier working with a major equipment vendor on Open RAN compliant equipment. And that means that major networks, you know, like AT&T's will someday be, uh, you know, a fair game, let's say, for new features new products new technologies from all of these open ran uh, compliant manufacturers the reality is somewhat more nuanced um, you know at and t is 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 selecting Ericsson to be its open ran vendor at scale in a uh, That's in its network. And while that does allow them eventually to deploy uh, components and software and hardware from different vendors and, and you know, without undermining the performance of the existing network, um, it chose Ericsson. And Ericsson has, to date, really been not the poster child for OpenRAN, let's say. Um, in fact, they've kind of pushed, uh, to kind of move the open ran specification more to their liking, more to suit the kind of, you know, the way that they already build their radios and their technology. So, so I think it's still a big example of until, until we see something else, uh, from this deal or until we see further evidence, it does still look like a, giant example of market consolidation you know the biggest carrier is buying stuff from the biggest vendor and you know i don't and even though there are other vendors involved like Fujitsu and and others it it, it still sort of sets up a, a situation where the the market dominant vendor until we see and hear otherwise is still the gatekeeper of that business
0: yeah, definitely a lot to unpack there. <laughs> Super interesting. Yeah, yeah. So so it's yeah, it's
1: kind of one of those things where it's not really a, a straightforward answer. So right. It is it is good for open ran in that, you know, yeah. they you know, T says, hey, everybody involved in this deal is gonna be open ran compliant sometime in twenty twenty-four. Um, by the way, I don't think Eric's to my knowledge, and I'll have to qualify this because this is an opinion. To my knowledge. Uh, Ericsson gear is not open ran compliant with the open ran spec that um, allows for backward compatibility which means by textbook definition or at least the old definition it's not technically open ran compliant however the new spec is coming up next uh, in the in Q1 of next year uh, AT&T is i think and, and Ericsson are basically saying that they'll be compliant with that spec and so Yes, it will, you know, do all the things that OpenRAN is supposed to do, which is uh, enable the carrier to pick the best parts for the job that it needs done, you know. Um, and that's what the whole idea behind open networks is generally is you, you pick the best tech, the best technology wins and it all works together. Um, you know, existing technologies, new technologies and, you know, uh, and, and you don't have to be, be uh, married to one vendor. Um, we're going to have to kind of wait and see how that plays out because that, that certainly doesn't seem to be the structure of the deal that's, that's been announced, but, Mm -hmm. but it is one of those weird things where everybody's claiming victory, you know, AT&T wins because it gets a good deal and, uh, you know, gets new technology for its, uh, for its network. Ericsson wins because it secures AT&T as a customer. Um. And all the Open RAN proponents uh, say that they've won because Open RAN is now going to be at scale in a major North American network. Um, and, you know, to a degree that it hasn't been to date. Right.
0: So anyway, that's we the really scene had, here. Um, yeah, we really had to just mainly DISH, I think, to, to look at and um, the success of their Open RAN deployments kind of up in the air a little bit. Um, yeah, so this, I mean, this. Yeah.
1: The, the, the thing with dish is that it's still um, you know it's all because they've got the deal with t-mobile it's not exactly which is you know not an open ran network it's 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 hard to say how much dish network traffic is is running on their own network versus t-mobile's network at any given time but uh, but dish network is still a uh, what I would say is a a premium example of what open ran uh, can do you know they they were able to deploy you um, I forget how many radios, and how many locations, but they were able to uh, very quickly deploy their network and very quickly uh, meet the needs of the, uh, or, or the, uh, the demands of the uh, merger agreement that sort of, you know, allowed for them to, to form, uh, you know, to to be a a national wireless carrier in the the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, So they've met, you know, they've met those needs. They've, they've covered as many, uh, you know, as much of the population as they said they would cover. And I think a large part of why they were able to do that is because of uh, you know the, uh, the flexibility of Open RAN, you know, allowing them to pick the best radio for the job, the best software for the job, the best baseband unit and so on. Um, so it, it is still a, a great example of Open RAN working, but of course it was Open RAN working in a Greenfield network so right. it's quite yeah, not,
0: not quite thing. the scale that um that AT&T would have uh so yeah this is yeah pretty and exciting. Not,
1: yeah not the challenges that AT&T would have as well you know, right AT&T's network is is more established has way more subscribers on it and handles way more traffic than DISH network yeah. you know network does so so it's it's you know it is apples and oranges to a degree but yeah DISH is still you know the the big uh kind of uh i would say until until this ericsson deal is finished it's the it's the largest deployer of open ran uh, in the us to date mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you know when this ericsson deal kind of goes through uh, uh, then i think at&t will take that we uh, will take that depending on ericsson's open ran status at the time
0: yeah definitely Um, well also wanted to cover a little bit more about, um, some of the other happenings at the show were, were there, were there other, um, you know, major themes, um, or, or big topics that, that was discussed, um, what what kind of stood out to you?
1: Um, so a couple of things, you know, the, the U S government's, uh, interest in open RAN. It, you know, was was underscored at this conference in a, in a few major ways. So, of course, um, and I think one of the biggest ones was the U.S. Defense Department. So um, Scott Fox spoke on behalf of the Defense Department, and he really talked up the idea that, you know, what Open RAN means for the government and especially for the military is that, um, you know, the the radio intelligent controller, the RIC, is is a, a key platform for them because they can take apps and innovation and, you know, uh, really take control of the radio access network in a way that they couldn't before. And they're very excited about that. I think what happens or what the military wants to do is, you know, have uh, 5G private networks deployed you know, for its own use and be able to, um, you know, even though they're using commercial MVNOs and even though they're using, uh, taking advantage of uh, commercial technologies, I think that there comes a point where they need to customize and they need to write applications and uh, programs that are just for the, you know, military use. And so this allows them to do that in a way that they haven't been able to do it before. And they were talking that up a lot at this show, you know, that this is a big deal for them. And so they're very much, you know, uh, behind Open RAN and, um, and seeing, you know, more Open RAN systems deployed. So I, I thought that was interesting. And then, you know, in, in the panel that I covered, um, uh, some policy experts, you know, from, uh, the UK government, uh, Japan, and uh, the US uh, were all discussing ways that they are encouraging, uh, you know, a broader ecosystem of vendors to get involved in building uh, wireless networks and advance advancing five G networks, and you know they're doing that by various incentives, and a lot of those incentives are tied to. Uh, you know, tied to Open RAN deployments and things like that. So, so it's, it's, you know, it's still very, uh, very much a a topic of conversation among the world's governments and among, especially among the, uh, you know, the U.S. government and in particular, the Department of Defense. So, you know, Open RAN still has uh, a lot of viability, a lot of fans out there. um, And, and there's a lot of work being done, you know, to, uh, uh, you know, to continue to, uh, you know, move networks forward and make them more, uh, you know, more secure and more automated and uh, uh, to cover, you know, one of the other vendors that, or one of the other carriers that, that was speaking here, you know, Verizon talked about, um, you know, its experience deploying OpenRAN and some of the things that, uh, Uh, that it looks for or will look for when it comes to network deployments. And, you know, they wanted secure APIs and they wanted push button automation. You know, they uh, one of the things the speaker brought out uh, from Verizon was that, um, you know, they really want um, a network deployment to make its life easier, you know, make the company's life easier. And that that suggests that they need total automation when it comes to deploying uh you know new radios and new, and new parts of new networks so um so that's where the focus is you know it's 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 uh for for open ran going forward it's going to be all about you know adding more security features um finding new ways to secure apis and secure the you know make sure that the software involved in open ran is secure and um finding ways to convince carriers that you know uh, of that automation you know like like how quickly Um, can they go from, you know, out of the box to fully deployed and up and running? And that's, that's going to be the, uh, you know, the, I guess the next level of challenges.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then that will probably be really important, um, kind of building off what we were talking about earlier about, um, you know, launching in a greenfield versus a brownfield environment, having that automation to speed things up, I imagine is, is really important to them.
1: Yeah, that's it, and and I, and I think it's you know it's a um, it, it's an interesting goal because I think that, that kind of goal is shared with you know all carriers you know no matter what part of the network they're working in you know they're they're all trying to you know automate labor out of their network you know they want this stuff to run with zero touch as as the expression goes and so you know in order to do that it's they've got to be highly sophisticated systems and highly intelligent and that means you know incorporating ai and machine learning it means uh, a higher level of automation than they've ever had in the network before and all of that means that the interoperability part has got to go away as far as being a question you know so i think that's the other big challenge for the industry even though it's made tons of progress i think that you know there's still a an argument to be made that the more pieces and components you have from the more, uh, different vendors, the more likely you are to, you know, not be able to take advantage of that highly, uh, automated network. And, and that's just my conjecture. Um, but the industry is obviously, and all the open ramp, prop- uh, you know, vendors are working to, uh, you know, to solve for that, you know, they, they want that interoperability to be completely seamless across the board. And so I, I think that's, you know, that's probably the the thing we're going to hear about the most in the next 12 months.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, certainly a lot going on <laughs> there for sure. Yeah. Um, oh, and yeah, I'm, so, I'm still thinking back to the at and Ericsson. It's just really exciting news, and just um, can't wait to see what happens there. Um, anything else from um, the event uh, th- that you wanted to um, point out? Any any other challenges that came up um, for what's next uh-huh. for Open RAN?
1: No, I don't think so. I, I, I don't uh, nothing that comes to mind immediately. I think that's that's about the scene for now you know a lot of this stuff Mm -hmm. is kind of wait and see but it is it is really interesting you know it's a uh, it's it's a really interesting time for the technology because we have both uh, we have kind of all things happening at once you know we've got um, you know open ran is hitting the performance and the uh, interoperability goals that they you know that it's set out to hit And it is getting deployed in major carrier networks, but not quite in the way that we first imagined. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, and is it encouraging new suppliers? Is it it broadening the ecosystem of vendors that are available in carrier networks? No, not yet. Um, So there's still that piece to work on as well. And I, I think that'll be interesting for the next 12 months to see especially with the Ericsson deal, how that turns out is, you know, does AT&T really manage this as a lever to um, introduce new innovation and new vendors, or does it just use OpenRAN as a lever to keep the prices down, you know, so that it can manage, uh, you know, Ericsson's contract. And Mm. that's, that's a big question mark and we just can't we can't answer that right now we'll have to wait and see yep
0: don't know what you don't know
1: <laughs> exactly yeah we'll i do know it's time there. for lunch that's 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 what i'm i'm thinking of right now so
0: yeah um, i heard a, i hear, heard a few um utensils and, and things in the background there so yeah we'll i'm let in you the go. little cafe
1: here <laughs> and uh and I'm, I'm 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 about i'm about 10 feet from uh from running up and ordering a turkey sandwich so i'm gonna i'm gonna do that right now
0: Okay. Well, thanks, Phil. I appreciate the update.
1: All right. Thanks, Kelsey. Bye.